this summer on Soul Talks with Bill and Christy Galtier, we're going to talk about five threats to harmony in your family. So we invite you to join us for this series on growing through challenges with unresolved grief, boundaries, people-pleasing, triangulation, and dysfunctional roles. We'll be bringing you into our Soul Shepherding Counseling Office to learn from people who have made positive changes in their families. Our prayer is to help you experience greater emotional and spiritual health in your family and all of your relationships. Hello, friends. We're thankful that you're in our Soul Shepherding family. So blessed to have you tuning into this time with us for a Soul Talk. It's been fun. We got to be with about 30 of our Soul Shepherding Soul Talk listeners the last couple weeks at our Soul Shepherding Institute thinking of even Medell, who came from the Philippines. We've mm-hmm. got internationals who listen to us, and it's always so fun to to meet you and be with you. Medell's taking Soul Shepherding back to the Philippines and the work she's doing there. She's completed now all four of our Soul Shepherding Institute training weeks. Yeah, she's Filipino, and she works with a, a bunch of different expats from America and other countries who are bringing the gospel to Muslims there in the Philippines. It's a blessing to see how God is working and to be a part of it and just the precious people we get to spend time with. And we get to hear from you, those of you that maybe haven't gotten to come to an institute or an event that we're doing, we we get to hear from you from email. We heard from John, who's an elder at a church, and uh, thanked us for our last week's podcast on triangulation. And he asks us, he says, you know, you speak about uh, primary relationships like marriage and how it's un unhealthy to neglect these. My question is, what should be the primary relationship for a single person? Is it our relationship with God? Can a single person be healthy in their relationships? How does this work? He goes on to say, my struggle as a single person in church leadership has been that I tend to feel isolated because I don't have those deep relationships that could support emotional health. And being in leadership can make it even more difficult to to develop those close relationships. So, John, we really appreciate you writing to us and being a part of our Soul Shepherding community. We do, and so grateful for this question in particular because, you know, the statistics say 45% of Americans are unmarried. And we know a lot of our listeners that we know personally and even that come to the Institute are unmarried, and our daughter's unmarried. And so we have a heart for you, too. Mm-hmm. In fact, at our Institute on Spiritual and Psychological Growth, it came up from one of the the unmarried women pastors that's going through the Institute with us, and it's part of our spiritual direction training program. It came up for her, uh, this frustration about these news reports that are constantly coming up about how, you know, married people live longer, or the benefits of marriage, or this particular one that ha- that she had seen that kind of was hard for her was... You know, loneliness is one of the leading causes of death. Mm -hmm. So we got to talking about this, and I was telling her that, you know, in our work, all those years of therapy that we did in the therapy office, many of the loneliest people that I talked to were married. Yeah, sometimes, uh, and I'm sure that some of you listening feel that you're in this position, that you, you listen to us or maybe to other Couples who seem to have a, a close and warm relationship that really supports their their spiritual life, and you you wish you had that. Mm-hmm. And even though you're married, you're you're feeling 
really alone and like you don't have that that deep, safe, uh, emotionally healthy relationship in your marriage that you long for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then many of our listeners are widows or widowers or where they've had that at some point and then they've lost that mm-hmm. and they're grieving that too. So these are realities that are difficult that affect, you know, many of us at different stages of our life, different times of our life. And we want to speak to you in that. And it's, it's a good and important question that you're bringing to us. You know, Paul speaks to this. In 1 Corinthians 7, he, he presents the value of singleness and really says that, um, lays out the case that the benefit of being single is that you have more time and energy to focus on the concerns of the Lord and his kingdom and to really be focused on, on Jesus as your bridegroom, as your spouse, as your best friend, as your partner in life. And you have, you have more energy, uh, and time opportunity, uh, to serve the Lord. Yeah, Bill, I see this in a lot of the unmarried people that are part of our soul shepherding community. Some of them are the healthiest because they are spending their time. You know, they're they're listening to our podcast, they're reading, they're sharing it with friends, they're getting together, they're being intentional to gather a group of people that are going through your easy yoke book together and are really practicing that and integrating that to their life. And they're involved in a really healthy community, whereas a lot of the married people are so busy with their families or you know, their their spouse's needs or trying to protect their spouse's insecurity or their spouse's need for control or those kind of things. And it's actually keeping them from healthy community and from spiritual growth because they feel like, I can't listen to a podcast in my house because my husband doesn't want to hear it or he wants my time and attention or, you know, my kids need it. Or so there's, I think that in, in any stage or or setting in our life, there's kind of unique opportunities and temptations, struggles, pains, and obligations, and freedoms, and and all that. We're each are kind of responsible to find our own mix of of love, connection, healthy relationship, and solitude with the Lord, time intimacy with Jesus. That's Paul's point in 1 Corinthians 7. He's saying whatever condition you're in, married or single, circumcised or uncircumcised, whatever your stage of life or your, your situation, your opportunity is to, is to take that and offer it to the Lord and to seek to please Him. Uh, he uh, elaborates on this in a different context in Romans 12 when he says, uh, Therefore, uh, brothers and sisters, I urge you by the mercies of God to offer your, your bodies, your, your whole life, your waking, sleeping, going around, working, playing life to the Lord as a, as a living sacrifice and uh, to seek to please him and honor him in all that you do. And so that's what we want to do is take the life that we have. And uh, so, yeah, if you're single, uh, we, we hear your heart and longings for a close relationship and friendship and partnership and want to validate that. And uh, we also want to respect you and mm-hmm. value you and say, yes. hey, you, you've got an opportunity here uh, in, in this season or in this, this state of life. Maybe the Lord's called you to singleness to use that to serve the Lord. Mm-hmm. That's right. And I, I want to speak to you, John, in your question here, because you had said you're kind of noting that you don't have a really strong supportive relationship to support you in your ministry at church. And that, that is, that does make it hard. That is a loss. And yet there again, I also want to challenge you, not all married people have that either. Um, you can be married and still not have strong relational support in your ministry. And you can be single and have that. 
So I, I think it's good that you're asking this question. It's good that you're sen- you're recognizing this is a need, a longing you have. You're needing more relational support in your life and your ministry. And so that that's good. We want to encourage you towards that and pray for you. I think part of John's struggle is that so often in church we, we talk about marriage and uh, the um, opportunities and challenges that we have together. And so many of our, our groupings are with couples. And so yes. you can feel like the odd one out. Very much. Yeah. yeah. I've heard single people talk to me about how they feel almost ashamed for being single, almost like the church community so promotes marriage that it makes them feel like there's something wrong with them if they're not married. And that, and that really hurts. Yeah, so that that's part of the uh, the challenge is is to really lean into that experience and to seek help with that, and then to to be more intentional about your friendships. And so uh, I think the challenge that John's describing here in terms of close relationships, part of that just goes with the loneliness of leadership. Mm-hmm. We did a couple of yes. podcasts on that some time ago. Uh, for those of you that are interested in that, you can uh, do a internet search on. Soul Talks, Bill and Christy Galtier, and The Loneliness of Leadership. We've got two episodes, actually very popular, and have a lot of listens. Uh, that's the great thing about these podcasts, is they just, they just live on in yeah. perpetuity, and so you can keep listening to them. And uh, so there is uh, a, a dimension of leadership that we can feel alone, because we can't be maybe as vulnerable with the people that we're ministering to as we would be with a close friend who's not in our ministry. And so if you're the pastor, you know, there's a certain limitation on how, how needy you can be, how broken you can be with the people in your church. And same thing, um, perhaps if you're a small group leader and you're a mentor, because when we're in leadership, the the question we always, this is something we talked about in our spiritual leadership week at our Institute last week, but whatever your uh, position of leadership is, uh, vulnerability in your self-disclosure can be really helpful and engaging for people and shows them that you're learning from Jesus too and they can relate to you. But you always need to ask yourself, is this self-disclosure going to be helpful to the people that I'm ministering to? And you don't want to be talking to your congregation or your small group like your therapist. And so we always say that, well, the first thing you want to do when you've got some uh, a sin to confess or a, a hurt that you're really struggling with or some some problem that is, is not going well in your life is you want to talk to a safe friend about that mm-hmm. and sort of make some progress working that through, receive some empathy, some prayer, maybe some guidance if you need that so that when it comes to sharing it, you're not, you're not anxious or embarrassed, but you can share from a place of you've received some comfort, you've received some learning, and so your share is not only connecting for people, because when it's vulnerable, it will be very engaging, yes. and that will always be helpful to them. But for it to be maximally helpful, it also needs to give them hope. Yeah, that's really important what you're saying there, Bill. We need to share vulnerably enough to be able to connect with people meaningfully and to know we're not alone, that other people are experiencing and struggling with what we are. And yet, like you said, it needs to be safe enough that it doesn't undermine our ministry, that it's still with hope and, and helping us connect in Christ together and grow together. In the 12 steps, the guidelines for sharing is to offer your experience, strength, and hope. And that's a great motto right there. 
So yeah, there's a loneliness to leadership and that, that's a big part of it because we, we really can't lay it all out there. So uh, especially when we are in leadership, we really need friends, mm-hmm. partners, and uh, soul companions. And I think finding communities of others that are serving the Lord it can be great places for that. I'm thinking back to our, our Institute Weeks we just finished and having so much fun watching the pastors that were there that were single and how they connected. They actually had the best community of all in these last two weeks. You know, they they had so much fun. They gathered together in their free time at night after dessert and played cards together. The married right. people, you know, just went to their rooms <laughs> and they went out on walks, you know, after dessert at night kind of in a group of them and looked at the star, sat out on the deck and looked at the stars. And they did some things that some of the married people didn't do. Yeah, so because be they, these singles, whether they're, whether they're professional pastors or not, because we have all sorts of uh, men and women that come in different types of ministry. And uh, the, the, the singles especially are longing for that soul friendship. And so it, it's an amazing thing to see how that happens in our Institute Weeks, whether single or married, it, it right. happens. And that's the people that in most cases don't know each other when they come. They just know us, but they find this great sense of authentic community yeah. because everybody's in, in the soul shepherding way yeah. and they're, they're looking for uh, a, a kind of uh, grouping and gathering that's emotionally honest and spiritually deep. And so they just really bond quickly. <laughs> Yeah, so I think looking for places like that where you can be in community, a safe community too, especially if you're in leadership, you need a safe community where you can be real and honest and be with other people who are able to be as well, but people that are mature and growing too, not people that are just kind of um, wallowing as victims and wanting to complain. So something that we're doing in Soul Shepherding is that when we gather people in our retreats and our groups is we're, we're getting leaders together and they're from different churches. Mm-hmm. Now we do things also, we, we go and speak at churches, do seminars uh, for the, the people in the church and we do uh, trainings for the leadership in the church. Uh, and that, that's great too. But what I'm talking about here is when we put men and women in ministry from different churches and different ministries together, it creates an opportunity for a different level of safety that's, that's really powerful for them. And it's really a joy and an honor for us to see that and that, that's what uh, you're needing, John, yes. is that you're, you're really needing a, a soul friend who is uh, uh, an elder or, or pastor or uh, ministry leader or devoted Christ follower from another church yes. context, probably. So yeah. you, you can take your elder hat off and you can just be in an authentic friendship mm-hmm. together, s- serving the Lord, praying for each other and, and this kind of thing. And sometimes we have to take leadership to create a group like we need if we're, if we're not able to make access of one, if there, we don't know one that exists, it's accessible to us. If I was John or if you were a woman like, like John, Christy, in this position, what, what would we do? Mm-hmm. And so something that I would do that I, I see uh, a lot of our friends who are, are single do, uh, and our married friends too, but that's to take something like our Soul Talks podcast and share it with a friend mm-hmm. and then say, hey, you want to get together for coffee? What did you think about that podcast? This is how it felt for me. And, you know, when you want a close friendship, the best way to develop that is to be that friend. Mm-hmm. Not many people will take initiative. And so that's where it, it takes some courage to, to reach out and say, hey, let, you know, let's go for a walk or let's pray together. And uh, to do that from the standpoint where you're already praying to the Lord about this deep desire, this secret longing for a soul friend. 
a sacred companion. You're saying, Lord, you know, I really need this kind of relationship in my life. And, and really more than one person would be nice. And so you're, you're praying about this and then you're just beginning to look within your circle of connections and beginning to, to reach out and start conversations or you read a book together and, and a spiritual book and you talk about what you're learning from it. And then you, you take some steps of vulnerability. Well, this is how that felt for me, or this is what I'm struggling with. And so the spirit of what we're talking about here is, is why we started Soul Talks, mm-hmm. because we want to model that sort of communication with each other and then cultivate that in our listeners. We do. And you may start with, you know, calling a spiritual director or a therapist or somebody, getting your main primary support, you know, and safety there to then be able to get the courage to go out and start taking initiative in areas where you might experience a little bit of rejection. Um, I know, you know, for somebody who's sensitive to rejection, it can be really scary to take initiative. And so having, you know, a, a more secure relationship or something where you can go back and process that and receive, you know, some healing if you're experiencing rejection can be helpful for that too. The other thing is understanding the difference between loneliness and solitude and now and in his book, Reaching Out, does a really good job of talking about the difference of loneliness and solitude and learning to move from a place of loneliness into a place of intentional solitude and intimacy with Jesus. And so that's something, too, that I, I found helpful for me when I'm feeling lonely and that I have recommended to others in their loneliness. Yeah, the balance of solitude and community is, is so important. It's uh, the one helps the other. And so that's something we always do in our retreats is we, we have some solitude time, which we call TLC time for to love Christ. And then we have time in community where we facilitate spiritual direction groups, soul shepherding groups, where we're processing our experiences, our, our, our emotions, our longings, our struggles, and listening to each other with empathy, praying for each other. And you, you see how when you put those two disciplines together, solitude and community, how each strengthens the other. And so, and then we can learn the difference between loneliness and being alone with the Lord, mm-hmm. because the uh, solitary prayer experience, once we've learned it, is a time of fullness, where right. the silence is not uh, a punishment, it's not an, an emptiness, but it, it's a fullness uh, of beauty and the Lord's presence. But to really experience that, we, we need to experience that in the context of our relationships on the human level that become the support for our faith in the invisible God. You know, the other thing, Bill, that I might do if I was John was look for somebody else in a position like mine who, who I think might be feeling lonely mm-hmm. and reach out to them because as a wounded healer, if we take our own area of, of need and then we recognize I've got something to offer somebody because I've experienced this pain, um, that can be really meaningful and rich and fulfilling and connective. Yeah, what I typically do when I'm in a social situation, maybe uh, on the patio after church or some other gathering of people, is I will stand there with Jesus and I'll pray, you know, Lord, who would you have me to talk to? Who, who, who can I encourage? And uh, I try to just hold myself there, which sometimes takes some discipline because there's a part of me, the introvert in me, that's like, 
I think I'll just go now (laughs) (laughs) because it's not, I don't really uh, find it super comfortable to be in unstructured social situations, you see. Mm -hmm. But when I I turn the focus on, well, maybe there's someone here that would want to talk to me or someone here that I could bless. And then I just kind of open my eyes and look around with Jesus. And oftentimes a conversation emerges and what you're saying is so good that when we're supporting someone else, that, that can deepen into a friendship. I love the way you're intentionally talking to the Lord and praying to the Lord and looking to act and move with Him in a situation like that. A situation like that sometimes can stir up, for me, old familiar feelings of being a high schooler and feeling alone mm. and sensitive to rejection and awkward. And it's like, I just want to hide from that. Like, I just want to disconnect. I want to shut down. I want to look at my phone and look like I'm busy or I want to, you know, just like you said, leave, run, escape from that because it's stirring up these familiar feelings of pain and feeling rejected or feeling alone or feeling like I don't fit in. And so I love the way that you're saying there's a new choice here. We don't have to go back and uh, let that experience uh, determine how we're going to live in this moment now, but we can actually take the hand of Christ and practice his presence and look to him and say, what would it be like to be with you in this crowd that I feel lonely and intimidated and left out? What would it be like to you to move with your spirit here? Is there somebody else here that's feeling this way, you know, that you would have me move towards? And so if you were in John's situation, uh, I know you, Christine, what you would do at a, a, a breakfast or a tea with a friend would be that you would uh, take the, the conversation a step deeper and you, to sort of test it out and see how much uh, intimacy and uh, spiritual journeying together is possible. And you would say, well, yeah, you know, in church, I, after church, I, was at, I felt lonely on the, the patio and I was remembering when I was in high school. And you, you would tell that story and you would describe that to uh, in hopes that your friend would would listen with empathy and compassion and give you grace and and then uh, return the volley uh, at some point and share vulnerably from her life also mm-hmm. and then now you see there's there's a deepening friendship yeah and I know if that's somebody that I can pursue that kind of a friendship with if there's somebody that um, maybe lectures me with a Bible verse or tells me you know why I shouldn't feel that way or um, takes over and actually starts going into their story so deep that they, I feel like they're sucking, you know, sucking the life out of me and they're not taking any responsibility for, for where they're at and all that, then those are cautions for me to pay attention to. Yeah. So we are so thankful for all of you listening in and especially you who are single and, uh, Lord, we do pray for our listeners who are married to you and, uh, we pray, God, that you would help them not to feel uh, at all like second-class citizens or to feel alone, but that they would have a special sense of the warmth of your presence and that you would direct them to deepening friendships and small groups and ministry contexts where they can have meaningful and intimate spiritual friendships. And for all of us, Lord, who are married, we pray, God, that you would help us to be more aware of, sensitive to, and inclusive of our single friends. That together we might serve you and bring honor to Jesus and minister your mercies to the people around us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
It's a blessing to share Soul Talks with you and your friends. Also, we hope you'll visit soulshepherding.org and subscribe to our blog, which we send out by email each week. We would love to come speak at your church or have you join us at our Soul Shepherding Institute. It's our joy to foster your intimacy with Jesus, emotionally healthy relationships, and fruitful ministry. Thank you.